Hello and welcome to the Barker Bites podcast brought to you by Barker Marketing, leaders in smart marketing and content solutions designed to propel your business forward. I'm your host, Brad Smith, and I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to Barker Bites on your favorite podcast player. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover, or you have a marketing need, please reach out to us by visiting our website, barker.com. That's B-A-R-Q-A-R.com. On this episode, I am pleased to bring today's guest, Matt Lozar, aboard. Matt is the Director of Recruitment Marketing with our sister company, Haley Marketing Group, and also a key member of the Barker PPC team and a specialist in really helping our clients drive more reach, visibility, and results in digital marketing and spend their budget more effectively. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Brad. Excited to be here and to chat to the, the Barker Bytes audience about recruitment marketing and, and other marketing topics as well. So Matt, on this podcast, we talk a lot about marketing and digital marketing. And many listeners are probably wondering why the heck should we be talking about recruitment marketing? What does recruiting and uh, building a good quality team really have to do with marketing as a whole? And my take on this is that the single biggest uh, marketing effort that any company has is customer engagement. And that really starts with your employees. So how you interact, engage, and treat your clients is perhaps the most effective and far-reaching marketing tool there could be. What's your take on why recruitment marketing is uh, truly important? It's, recruitment marketing is important because you want to get the best talent for your company is one of the easiest ways to, to summarize it. And to take a step back, let's, let's look at your consumer brand and everything it takes to get someone to purchase your product, your service, all of those decisions and for some companies, that life cycle could be really long because it's a big purchase. Or for other companies, it might not be as long because the purchase point is lower. Let's think of that on the job side. When someone wants to change their job, it's a really big decision, especially if it's a, you know, a full-time, you know, 20, 30, 40-hour-a-week position. That's a big change in their life. So to recruitment marketing is really there to help you nurture that relationship over the long term and develop that relationship to get someone to, to apply for you. And, you know, my definition of recruitment marketing, you know, that we've developed over the years is everything it takes to get someone to apply for the job. And a lot goes into that. A lot of people thinking right now we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Unemployment is at ridiculously high rates, stark contrast from, you know, three, four, five, six months ago. And people listening in, business owners, business professionals might be thinking, well, heck, I don't really need to invest that much in recruitment marketing. Recruiting and hiring should be easy right now. There are so many people out there without a job. But we're kind of hearing the opposite in the market, right? What are you hearing when you talk with clients about recruiting and hiring challenges? There's a lot going on, to be quite honest. It's there's a number of different challenges. You know, the, the, one of the big ones is safety 
And that's a big one right now because there was a survey I was reading recently about um, a chatbot and there was 600 inquiries to this chatbot. It was for companies like McDonald's, Airbus. And the biggest percentage of inquiries to this chatbot was about what are you doing to protect your workers? It was 47% of the questions. And that's important right now because if someone doesn't feel comfortable going to work, they're not going to want to apply for your job. And those really high level talent that you want, like we've talked about, unemployment is high. Great. You should get a lot of applications. A lot of companies got applications before the pandemic, but they weren't the right quality. So you want to really top grade your team and make people feel comfortable to make sure people know you're hiring because the, you know, Brad, you've said this before in other conversations, talent's available that hasn't been available for the last 10 years. And it could be your competitor's talent. And if you can go out there and really get that talent to bring it to your organization, because they're going to have opportunities, those A players they get to pick and choose, even though there's a lot of job openings, the one that they want. So that top talent you can land is going to help you recover faster and, you know, hopefully grow even more as we start, the economy starts to reach, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 onwards to 100% capacity of what it was. Yeah. And, and Matt, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing this right now with unemployment benefits so high. Mm-hmm. Employees that maybe have been, um, laid off or placed on furlough may not want to come back. So as states reopen, as economies reopen, we're, we're located uh, in Buffalo, New York, and uh, we're going through phase one of a reopening right now. Local companies are going to find that they might have a hard time even bringing employees back. Uh, so hiring is going, to, is going to be a challenge. And then you tack on to that, uh, there's some experts and research that says an open job vacancy right now in the U.S. costs companies $500 a day. Now, if you think about that, uh, that's one open job uh, opportunity, and that's lost revenue, production, sales, everything goes into that. Uh, having a open position could potentially be detrimental to a company's profits and their market share and, and their recovery coming out of this. So I think it uh, speaks to the importance of recruitment marketing and brand uh, employment branding. I think building off the open seats point, it's, it's also the bad hire point. You know, you don't just want to fill your seat to fill your open seat because, you know, I don't have the number offhand, but there's countless studies about how much a bad hire costs a company because, you had the open seat, you spent time recruiting for the seat, you filled the seat with someone who isn't good at their job. Now you got to do it all over again. So you're compounding your, your lost revenue and your cost. And that's where you're hoping a strong recruitment marketing strategy can shorten the time to hire and bring you better talent. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, um, heard a statement not too long ago that um, hiring the wrong person is really easy. Hiring the right person is much more difficult. And it's super easy to make that wrong hiring decision. But if you invest in your employment brand and you do the right things to attract the right people, you're going to have a much higher likelihood of, of bringing that superstar on. 
All right. Um, Matt, I know that we talk a lot about, uh, and, you, and you specifically have put together four pillars of recruitment marketing. So there's four key areas that you really focus on when you're helping companies improve their employment brand. Talk to us a little bit about the first pillar, and you've, you've deemed that a company's career site. Tell us what that is and what companies can do uh, to improve that pillar. In, in this, uh, you know, the career site is a place someone really goes to apply for a job with your company. And there's a couple different aspects that I like to, to really dig into with career sites. The first one is, you know, before they even get to the application, what are they viewing about working for your company? And this ties into employer branding, which we'll touch on a little later in the podcast. But, you know, why work for you? Why should I come to work for, you know, Barker? You know, why should I come to work for, you know, Amazon or McDonald's or CVS Pharmacy? You know, insert the company here and to really showcase the benefits, the, the culture, all those different ways. As it, it's really the front door, you know, you're classified at, you're owning that space control the messaging and, and showcase it. And then once you've developed that relationship, what does it take for someone to apply for the job? And, you know, do they have to go through the application process? They do that. And then can you maybe even showcase, you know, what's the application timeline like? What are some tips for people to interviewing with your company? Really make it easy for them and put it, put them at comfort because, they get scared for job interviews. You know, recruiters, you know, we do this all the time in that area, but some people may not be interviewing for the last 10 years. So on that career site, put them at ease, develop that relationship, you know, make it functional and really easy for someone to apply because if it's difficult for them to apply, they're not going to and they'll go somewhere else. Yeah, for sure. And some other things I've seen companies almost treat their job descriptions like recipes, right? So they're just listing the ingredients or the requirements of the job. And it's just a, a whole list of things. And sometimes we'll even see companies put uh, ridiculously unrealistic required skills because they'd like someone that has all of these things, but they put it as, as a required skill. And what's what that's doing is scaring off potentially good candidates because they might not have one or two of those skills and they won't apply. So I encourage everybody on this call, when you're um, putting together the marketing around your open job opportunities, make the distinction between desired skills and traits and required skills and traits. There's a big difference there and we don't want to scare people off. Uh, now, Matt, you brought up uh, an interesting point, too. You talked a little bit about the application process and timeline. What have you seen from different companies, and what's the importance of having a quick and seamless apply and a short apply versus gathering as much information as possible so that you can make a more informed hiring decision? What's your What's your thought on that? There's a lot that goes into this, and... You know, I, I am usually of the, of the school of a short application at the start because I think especially when an unemployment was low, you need, we needed names quickly. And then, you know, what's that basic information you can get to see if someone is qualified to want them to take that next step? 
the other side of it, and I'm starting to, you know, see this, you know, I can understand this is, you know, there's employment law decisions. There are, you know, making sure you're in compliance with everything. So you want to get that information at the start and have them complete that whole application so you're not wasting anybody's time, you know, their time or maybe your recruiter's time with unqualified candidates that are just never have a chance to get for the job. So I, I think it's a balance in trying to find a way to get as, you know, as the necessary information in as short a form possible on that first contact because it's a challenge to get someone to want to sit there for 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes to fill out an application, especially if they're on a mobile device because mobile device traffic continues to increase, right? Who has a resume on their mobile device? Not a lot of people. So it's a balance, I think, to find out what's right for your organization. And I would, you know, to make a recommendation, I would say the shorter, the better. Um, but I do understand why that, that longer format is there. So, um, you know, what do you what do you think about that that area, Brex? There, there's definitely pluses and minuses on this this application process. Yeah, I think it, it's going to depend on the type of uh, person that you're looking to hire. If you're looking to high uh, hire somebody that's a little high level, you want a little bit more detail. If you're looking to hire somebody entry level, maybe you you want to make it as short and simple as possible. Um, I I kind of subscribe to your school of thought, Matt. I'd rather get initial information in so that I can make that follow-up afterwards. Uh, what's discouraging to me is if your application is too long, that people are abandoning it halfway through, you're going to be missing out on some good talent, especially if your competitors out there, other companies in your market have a short apply and people are going to opt to go there first. And there is a couple of me. If, if you're, company has to have the long application. There are things that can help. It's if you put the amount of time at the top of the application, that increases your conversion rates. Because if I know this is going to take me on average 32 minutes at the start, instead of not having that time at the beginning, and all of a sudden I'm clicking and clicking and clicking, you know, our mental expectations are already there. It's going to take time. The other way is maybe in the beginning, you just capture that name, that email, that phone number information and have that privacy policy there that says, okay, if you submit this information, we can follow up with you. So if someone can't complete that full application today, maybe you can send them a reminder email. Or maybe they enter into your database or your recruiters can reach out. So you have their email, you have their phone number. You can start to continue to build that relationship because maybe right now they didn't have 30 minutes to fill out an application. They only had three. So you have that information, that almost a warm lead for your, your recruitment team to then get continue to build that long-term relationship so when somebody does have more time, they can apply. So that if you do have that longer application, there's some definitely some tactics that can help you not make people get too discouraged and just never want to work for you. Great. So just to kind of wrap up the pillar number one career site, we want to start with the why. Why would mm -hmm. someone want to work for your company? And don't use this as an opportunity to tout how great your company is. Think about it from the potential employee standpoint. What's great about working for your company? Is it a social cause? Is it a great environment? Is it a cool, hip office space? Is it coworkers? Is it um, working on a product or a technology that's cutting edge. Think about the why and let's start there. 
Next, specifically about the job, think about the benefit and the difference for the end individual. What's in it for me? Okay. As uh, uh, somebody that, that hires a lot, we can fall into the habit of talking all about the job and the required skills and everything that we need as the employer. I want to challenge you to flip that. Make it about what the employee will get out of working for your company. And third, make it easy to apply. And you have to make the decision on how much information you need to capture. But as Matt mentioned, make it easy, make it a good experience for people so that they know what to expect. All right, Matt, let's move on to pillar number two of four. And this is job advertising. So traditionally, um, back in the day, we'd uh, put an ad in the classified help wanted section and we'd sit back and wait for people to get their paper and apply. That has changed dramatically. Uh, we've moved to more online job search and everything else. So talk to us a little bit about uh, job advertising, what you're seeing, some tips, best practices, and, and maybe some of the best places to spend your job ad money. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves because in February, my answer to this question was a heck of a lot different than it is when we're recording this at the end of May. So obviously, you know, your career site is the first place you can get organic traffic. Um, but if you want to look into a sponsored postings, obviously Indeed is the number one place in the world. Maybe you can get organic postings to Indeed because it gets the most traffic. And then it starts to evolve, right? Everyone, that number two spot is probably a zip recruiter to where you can get jobs on that site and what can you do to showcase your jobs on there? And then, you know, obviously there's niche job boards that are starting, I think, to become more popular. Like I was talking to a company that hires um, insurance consultants, people with 20 plus years of insurance earlier this week. And, you know, they look into, you know, AARP or there's some other sites like retirement jobs or seniors for hire. So there's ways to get jobs out there. And it's, it's what really can take, I think, this job advertising to that next level is finding ways to automate it because it's a lot of manual posting, I think, for companies right now. And it's a lot of guesswork on which job boards work the best or which job boards are bringing us the best quality applicants or the best hires. And even how many applications do I need for this job? Because, you know, Brad said earlier, he hires for a lot for our company. You know, I'm sure he has a pretty good handle on how many applications he needs to get one or two good hires for a digital marketing position. So there's a lot out there on places you can post jobs. You know, I think the way that we want to look at it is what can you do to automate it? And, you know, we'll dig into this a little more, but, you know, on a programmatic job advertising sense, what can you do to automate your posting and your budget and your tracking to really take it to the next level? Yeah, Matt, and I want to dig into that a little bit. You use the word programmatic job advertising, and I'm sure a lot of people uh, listening right now don't know what that means. Now, programmatic job advertising is just a, um, and you know, feel free to chime in here, Matt, but is a way for companies that have a higher volume of hiring to spend their money more efficiently. It's going to use technology in a technology platform to help us make more educated job advertising spends. So it will help us determine what platforms are driving the highest quality and most volume of applications. 
It's going to help us evaluate and look at job descriptions and job titles and maybe even do some A-B testing to see what types of changes in messaging or title or copy drives more results. And it's going to help us look at our overall spend at the end of the day and determine where and what actually drove the highest quality of, of talent. Um, anything to add there, Matt? No, it's, it's really good. It's to, to think about it and take it outside of a recruitment space. It's programmatic, just the academic, you know, Merriam-Webster dictionary word. It's the same thing when you log into Facebook or LinkedIn or even on the news or on the radio. They know who is on which radio station. They know the demographics of people that watch the 10 o'clock news versus, you know, the 11 a.m. game show, right? The price is right at different commercials than the 6 o'clock news or anything else. Or when you log into Facebook, there's a reason you see certain ads. And the whole programmatic job advertising is showing the right job to the right person at the right time. And it's using, you know, software and your strategy and your budget to make it as efficient as possible. You know, that's the high level overview is we want to make your recruitment budget work to the best of its capabilities and to eliminate the waste and to maximize your ROI. Yeah. And, and for people uh, listening to today that maybe hire a handful of people throughout the year, programmatic may not be something that you invest in. Uh, but for companies that have high volumes of hiring, it certainly should be something that's on your radar. For those organizations, Matt, that maybe have a handful of hires a year, maybe five to 10, what are some of the top platforms? You mentioned Indeed earlier as a, a huge one. Uh, I've heard some people have good experience with ZipRecruiter. Um, what are some other platforms that make sense for companies to look at? It depends on the, the industry. It's, you know, Indeed gets the most traffic, so it's good and bad. It's what we tell people, right? You get a lot of applications, you also get a lot of applications. It's, you know, ZipRecruiter has really developed into that number two because they've done a lot of good brand awareness and their application process is easy and their name recognition is really strong. In that knowledge worker space, Glassdoor can do very well. You know, they're pretty much a sister company to Indeed. They're held by the same parent company and that that can work very well in that that third tier that third rung it could be talent.com which used to be nuvu it could be upward it could be Tailru, which is jobs to careers it can be a whole host of different companies and the best way to to look at it is really just to test and see what works best for your company and while I was listing off those names, there's one we didn't even talk about, Brad, and that's Google for Jobs. I was just going to mention that, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of job searches don't necessarily start on Indeed or uh, Zip or anywhere else. When we want answers, we turn to Google. Um, same, with, same with jobs. When people are looking for companies that are hiring, they're going to Google and they're doing that search. So search engine optimization, and we mentioned it earlier as Pillar number one, having a good quality career site that gets indexed by Google is vital. And not to make this a sales pitch, but we do offer uh, an amazing career portal and job board that can be embedded right on your website. So if you do any type of volume hiring and you want a cost-effective strategy for number one, getting jobs up on your site, 
Number two, accepting applications and doing so in a quick and efficient way. And number three, getting your jobs indexed on search engines and published on those free aggregators, many of which Matt just mentioned. Uh, reach out to us. We're, we're happy to, um, to help give you some insight there. Um, but Matt, overall, any tips for Google? The, the main thing is I want to make sure everyone's on the same page here is the, the Google for Jobs platform, which I think was around in 2018. I feel like it, it launched. You can't pay to have your jobs on there. So we kind of combined our pillars here with career site and job advertising. So it, it's vitally important to have a career site, you know, that job board on your domain that can get jobs to Google. And just to make sure that the technical requirements are there. And like Brad said, like we go to Google and we have, we want the answer to a question. And if we're going to Google to say, nurse jobs in Seattle, Washington, or marketing jobs in Buffalo, New York, that's where we're going to go. And what you, whatever you can do to help get your, your content to the top of that page is going to help as well. Perfect. Great insight there, Matt. Uh, let's change our focus to pillar number three, which is social recruiting. How can companies use social media so Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and, and others, how can they use social media to build their employment brand and be positioned as an employer of choice that top talent wants to work for? We like to say social recruiting isn't just posting your jobs to your social media pages. And the platforms do have some tactics to do that, you know, especially Facebook and LinkedIn. But Brad, to, to answer how you, you set up the third pillar here, it's it's sharing all that awesome content you've created and finding the right balance of the type of content to share. And what do I mean there? It's content, you know, driving people back to your website. They might be helpful blog posts. It could be jobs as well. It could be culture, you know, showcase your team, showcase what you did during the pandemic, you know, to help your team or maybe to help other people in the local community. You know, highlight your diversity and your inclusion. Highlight your your veteran presence. Everything that you can do to build that brand because it's extremely cost effective. It's, you know, to start, it's free. It just costs you time. Obviously, there's advertising options, but, you know, that Facebook page, that LinkedIn page, that Instagram page, you know, however, it also evolves. Different types of content work better on each page, but it's a great cost-effective simple way to, to get your content out there and really develop that relationship with, with active and also passive job seekers as well. Yeah. And I love the idea of showing off your culture. So if you're doing team builders, if you're doing motivational things, if you have birthday celebrations, you do um, potluck and, and have people come in and, and bring things in showcase that highlight what it's really like behind the scenes to work for your company. Uh, outline and, and showcase that you're a family-friendly environment. Uh, if people do things outside of work together, show that off. Uh, celebrate successes at your company. If you have somebody that's getting promoted internally, highlight that. Uh, get that up on social. It's a great tool to show that you care about your people and that you're a great place to work. And if you begin to show that off and highlight that and celebrate those things, your employees, number one, are going to value that a lot. People love seeing their name in lights. 
they're going to share that. And hopefully you're going to generate more referrals from your internal staff. People want to work at a place where their friends work, uh, where people they respect work. And we often find that referrals are the most productive type of, of hires out there. They're oftentimes successful. So if you can generate more uh, engagement with your top employees, showcase them, show them off, get them to be advocates for your company and your hiring, you're going to be far and away uh, ahead. Now, Matt, all those things that we just talked about are organic social posts, right? So there's no cost to that. There's, there's just your time. Let's flip gears a little bit. What about the paid side of things? Can paid promotion on Facebook and other social platforms be an effective way to get your jobs in front of more people? Facebook's a great place to start in the paid recruiting capacity for the right industries. It's, you know, there's the Facebook jobs marketplace, which is free to start, but you could put sponsorship behind it to reach a wider audience. There's, you know, tactics where you can build a bigger audience. And let's think about that, that, that database of talent that your company has. It's I actually heard a pretty good phrase of this the other day on a call with, with Monster. It was, that's a unique database that no one else in the world has, is that candidate database you have with your company. So let's market to it because you have this, this unique factor. And on Facebook, we, let, we call, it's called a matched audience. Let's say you have a candidate database of 10,000 people. You can export that spreadsheet of email addresses up to Facebook. Facebook compares your list with its own database. And if those two databases match, that becomes your new audience. So it's a way to really re-engage with your, with your past talent with it. It could just be with content. If it could be with the job. And they already have that connection with you and it's a way to remarket to them because people who are remarketed to who have, have familiarity with the company are twice as likely to convert as new people. You know, we have a we have that relationship with your company. So on Facebook, it works really well with, you know, those hourly workers. It works well in retail. I'm sure it's working great in food delivery right now, or even in healthcare, it's a great place to, to find talent. So Facebook's a great option there. I'm sure a lot of companies also have LinkedIn packages that work well for them to where they can get subscriptions or job postings. But those are really the two off the top of my head that can drive direct candidate applications for your open jobs. Yeah, and it's not just theory. I mean, we're, we're doing this across the board. So if you've uh, read any of our blog posts, listened to previous podcasts, you know we're big proponents of online advertising. It's a great way to get in front of the exact right target audience with the exact right message, hopefully at the exact right time. And uh, job and employment advertising is no different. And Matt, I'm, I'm just thinking of an example that we just talked about earlier this week or, or late last week. Right now, we're helping an organization uh, that is looking to hire social workers across New York State. So they have one or two positions at several different locations across the state. Not a huge high volume of hiring, but we looked at Facebook as an amazing way to get that message in front of the exact right person. We know exactly who we're trying to reach. It's somebody with a very specific skill set within the social worker setting, um, some very specific qualifications. And Matt, 
you just launched this campaign probably less than a week ago and you're already getting great response, right? Yeah, we launched this. We had some great targeting options here where we launched across the state and, you know, looked at people job hunting, you know, with, with some other specific skill sets. And, you know, since we started the campaign, I was just checking it. It's up to 31 candidate leads in a five-day span, which is great. It's, you know, it's always a little scary when you tell someone you can deliver for them and you're not sure what's going to happen. But we put in a lot of really good tactics and best practices and say, okay, this is your audience. It's in, you know, the New York State area. We're going to highlight some of the benefits of the job. We didn't go into job descriptions. We talked about helping people and making a difference in their lives, showing some really engaging um, stock, some imagery that wasn't, you know, boring. It showed people helping others or smiling and making that connection to, to get that contact information of really just name, email, phone number, you know, automatically delivering it to their recruitment team so they can follow up quickly. And getting 31 names in a five-day span was, you know, probably as good as I could hope for in a realistic sense. And it was awesome to see, you know, the tactic of Facebook recruitment work for this, for this audience. And hopefully we can help them get some placements, you know, for these open positions. Yeah. And as I mentioned, these are very specific positions that need a very specific skill set. And this particular company was running job ads themselves and couldn't find people. They couldn't fulfill the needs. So we're using social recruiting as a tool to go out in front of them and push job opportunities to people that might not be searching for them, but are open to exciting new opportunities. And as Matt mentioned, it ties back to your messaging and your branding. You need to give people a compelling reason to consider your, your product, your service, or in this case, your job in order to market effective and get people to take action. Um, so just to quickly recap, pillar number one was your career site. Make it simple, make it easy for people to find your opportunities, explain the why. Pillar number two was job advertising and crafting the right type of job posts, the right messaging, and putting those in the right places. Pillar number three was social recruiting. How can we build a brand on our social sites that make us seem like an exciting place to work and a place where other people might want to work? And then using paid social ads to get it in front of the right people. And to wrap everything up, Matt, is pillar number four, which is overall employment branding. Explain to us what employment branding really is. The simplest way I can explain to it is how to get someone to want to work for you. And it's, it's been creeping into our first three pillars. You know, we've kind of danced around it. You know, your career site, you can showcase your employment brand through your messaging or the imagery or the copy. You know, maybe you're a company that's, you know, just really edgy and likes to have fun. You can showcase that there. Or maybe you're the opposite and that's your culture. On the job advertising, job posting side, you know, showcase that in your postings. Say this is what, you know, why you're a fun place to work or really showcase that brand. Social recruiting is obviously the best place to show your employment brand because it's easy to showcase videos or culture or to get people to talk about your company and become brand ambassadors for your company. And, you know, your employment brand is really, you know, what so, you know, it boils down to the employment value proposition of what someone gets for working for your company. You know, it flips it on your head. I think as Brad said earlier, in the what's in it for me part of your job posting, it's, 
you know, I'm making, I'm thinking about making a really big change in my career to change jobs. Why should I do that? You know, is it because you're going to give me a flexible schedule? Is it you're a hundred percent open to remote work right now? Is it maybe, you know, your four day work week or how, you know, other things you can do that really showcase the training, the development, the career paths, you know, or maybe it's, you know, whatever it speaks to your audience of job seekers and candidates, how's that brand come through? Um, now, Matt, one item that is a hot button and we talk about a lot are reviews. So overall, we talk about how reviews in general are, are very impactful. So there's studies that say uh, online reviews are as, almost as powerful as a direct recommendation from a friend or a colleague. And I know the same is true for uh, job recommendations. So you mentioned Glassdoor earlier. Uh, we've talked about Indeed, Google. All of these platforms have a review tool built in. What can companies out there do to drive um, better reviews from their internal employees? You know, the number one thing companies can do to, to generate positive reviews is to just ask. And it's, you know, think about when, when we want to leave reviews, fortunately, it's when we're mad. It's when we're angry. We want to tell people how poorly things went. So to really create a system to how you can ask for that feedback, you know, that positive feedback works really well. And to illustrate that point in the recruitment sense, you know, Glassdoor is a, obviously one of the big employer branding sites for companies. And looking at all the reviews left on Glassdoor from the beginning of March to middle of April, the amount of reviews mentioning layoffs increased by 73%, which is an enormous number because that's what happened, right? Unemployment went to the highest level in decades and people got laid off. They're going to mention it. So how can you, from that recruitment side of your company, handle, you know, that you had to lay people off? You know, what can you do to really proactively address that and build up that employment brand? Because you don't really control your employment brand. It's how people perceive it. So it, you have to do some things to hopefully influence it. And, you know, to answer the question Brad originally asked here, you know, it was it's to ask for those positive reviews and to really push people to leave reviews when they're happy and to ask them because it's just going to make your company overall look really great online because we trust online reviews, you know, even more than our best friends sometimes. Yeah. And whether you're hiring one person this year or a thousand people this year, you need to pay attention to your Glassdoor reviews. Go on Indeed and look at your company page and see what internal employees are saying about you. See what ratings they're giving because you could have the best recruitment marketing in the world, but if your reviews are horrible, you're going to turn great employees off. So spend some time there. And, and perhaps probably the most effective thing that you can do is treat your employees how you'd like to be treated. Okay, Be proactive. Um, celebrate successes. Uh, be there. Be empathetic, especially in challenging times like this. And um, get proactive about getting people to share their feedback and what it's really like working for your company. So um, Matt, Amazing insight today. Um, to kind of bring this full circle and wrap things up, 
how can companies that are trying to hire right now uh, in to, during this pandemic really be successful? Do you have any closing words of wisdom for people listening in? The main thing right now is to focus on the employment brand. That's where every expert in the industry is, is educating and professing that recruitment marketing is pivoting. And it's a really main reason why we've developed four pillars of recruitment marketing because employment brand was important in February. It's going to be a heck of a lot important now here, the rest of 2020 and moving forward. So yes, your career site is important because you want to have an easy application process and you want to share that employment brand there. And social recruiting is great because you can showcase your brand on that site. But to really, I think, to take advantage of the available talent on the market right now, focus on that employment brand and showcase how you helped during this pandemic, how you're going to develop moving forward and really be there for your team, you know, and for the candidates that are, that are looking for open jobs, because just because there's a lot of available talent, you know, like Brad said earlier, it's costing companies $500 a day. The, the cost of a bad hire, you know, it's easier to make the bad hire than the, the correct hire. You know, all those things that you can do to, to build your brand and build those other pillars of recruitment marketing is going to lead to, to filling the jobs quicker and with better talent. Excellent, Matt. Thank you so much for the insight today. Uh, just as a quick reminder, we do offer recruitment marketing services. So from something as simple as a career site, as we mentioned earlier, uh, giving you the ability to get jobs published on your website, make them accessible and visible to candidates, make them accessible and visible to search engines and other job board aggregators like Indeed and Zip and other places. This can be a great way to drive organic reach for your jobs and hopefully uh, reduce overall recruitment spend and cost. We offer employment branding and messaging services, uh, copywriting services, we offer social recruiting tools uh, to help manage your overall social uh, management, both for your uh, brand in general and for your employment brand. And we can help with a smarter way to manage your recruitment spend. If you are a high volume hiring organization, if you have a lot of hiring need, you need to look at programmatic job board advertising. And Matt is an expert in this space. He can make sure that that spend is used effectively, efficiently, and on the right platforms to attract the right talent at the right time. So feel free to reach out to us. Uh, I encourage everyone listening in to visit barker.com. That's B-A-R-Q-A-R.com. Click the subscribe button on this podcast. We'll be sure to share great uh, insight like we did today on a host of different marketing, branding, and overall digital uh, strategies. Matt, thank you so much for your time today and your insight. We really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for having me, Brad. Hopefully, uh, able to provide some great value to the audience and excited to listen to future episodes. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care.